0: And just like that, we find ourselves at day nine of Dead North's Blight Christmas. Only a few more audio gifts left under the tree to unwrap. Today's piece comes to us from Duck Washington and Rose Gallery Arts. Always a safe bet for a little scare. So please enjoy a Grave Robber's Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, Frankie. How's the dead body business?
2: I don't know what Frank Morgan thought he was going to discover when he flung his door open so optimistically, but it certainly wasn't his old partner in crime, Wilbur Dressel. As Frank looked into Wilbur's weathered face, his stomach nodded tightly. Wilbur was a reminder of the life Frank used to lead, a life he was desperately trying to forget.
1: Wilbur, you, you can't show up at my house like this. It isn't smart for us to be seen together. Oh, I'm sorry, Frankie, but seeing as you don't ever return my calls, I don't know that I had a lot of options. It should have been a hint, Wilbur. I'm I'm done. We can't do this anymore. What do you mean we're done? We ain't done. Not until I say we are. You and O'Malley, you owe me. I just did three years and I never said a peep about either of you.
0: It's not our fault you got caught, Wilbur. You're the one that decided to use that sketchy fence that turned out to be a cop, not us.
1: Just because I got caught doesn't mean I was the only one that did the crime. Don't act like your hands are clean. You and O'Malley dug up those graves the same as I did. Now, are you gonna hear me out or do I need to let Shelley know her wedding ring came off Marianne Van Buren's dead aunt? Shelley.
0: Shelley isn't around anymore. Hasn't been for months.
1: Then I guess there's no reason you shouldn't let me inside, where we can talk about this more private
2: Frank conceded to Wilbur's point and gestured for him to come inside. Frank's townhome was small and seemed to have been furnished for comfort. However, in the months since Shelley's departure it had fallen into disrepair. A thick layer of dust now clung to everything, and unclean dishes and bottles adorned almost anywhere within the home where there was an empty table or surface.
1: Nice place you got here, Frankie. I wasn't expecting company. Still, more comfortable than myself. When did they let you out? About six months ago. I got let out early for good behavior. Can you believe that? (laughs) Have you seen O'Malley? I've been looking for him too, but I haven't been able to track him down. Last I saw him was probably about six months ago. No sign of it all since then. More profits for us then, I guess. I told you, I'm out. Not the same person I was three years ago. Frank, you were starting to piss me off. Don't piss me off, Frank. Let me be straight with you. It's great that you think you're a better person, but you're not. You're just an asshole trying to claw his way through this life just like me. And if you were in my shoes, you'd do whatever it takes just like I will but I don't get to just sit and wallow in some dusty townhome. Turns out gaining employment as a felon ain't the easiest thing in the world to do. I don't have a source of income, Frank, but unlike you, I still have a wife, and I also have a kid, and Christmas is just around the corner. They've had enough shitty Christmases, Frank. It's time they had a good one, and you're gonna help me give them one. Same scheme as usual. I. I, I... I'm not working for the mortuary anymore, Wilbur. Don't bullshit me! I saw you on the staff page of their website earlier this morning, and I'm guessing business has been booming with this pandemic going on. It has. And I'm guessing you haven't completely forgotten your instincts and remember the names of a few people who were buried with exuberant and gaudy amounts of rich stuffs. I've prepared the bodies of a few people.
0: For services that would be prime candidates for a score. But Wilbur, please. Don't make me do this. I don't want to be that person anymore. I, I don't sleep.
1: All those people we robbed? They haunt me. They haunt you? When did the hell did you become such a sourpuss? Thursday night, two AM. Where am I meeting you? McCormick Cemetery. There he is, now we're talking. I remember McCormick. I'll see you on Thursday, Frankie. And don't forget to bring your fucking shovel.
2: That Thursday night, a low, thick fog clung cold and wet to McCormick Cemetery. Frank and Wilbur had excavated bodies from these grounds many times. Often grieving families assumed the cemetery's high price tag and exclusivity meant it also had top of the line security. In truth, the cemetery was remote, poorly monitored, and full of the wealthy dead. A rare score for an opportunistic thief, or thieves. As Frank approached the cemetery gate, he expected to see just one figure emerge out of the fog. Instead, there were two.
1: Who the hell is this? Frankie, this is my brother-in-law, George. He's good people, and he's got a better back for digging than the both of us.
3: Nice to meet you, Frank. Billy tells me you're the smart one, kind of the brains of a whole operation.
0: Billy? Is that what Billy says? <laughs> Good to know. Wilbur, you said you
1: were fine with it being just the two of us. I did. But then I started thinking that it's cold out and that the ground is probably hard. If we want to get down six feet, we probably need more than just me and you. Hell, we barely finished before daybreak when O'Malley was with us. No deal. We should call this off. See, the funny thing about Frankie, George, is he's always trying to call things off. But in the end, he'll do them. Think about it, Frank. George is young and strong. He'll be an asset. I vouch for him. I mean, if I didn't think we could trust him, I would never have let him marry my sister.
3: I'm a hard worker, Frank. I'll more than make up for my share, I promise.
1: How old are you, kid? I'll be 29
3: next month.
0: Listen, you don't want to get involved in all this. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Your brother-in-law and I, we're not good people. We're crooks. He just finished a stint in jail and my life sure ain't something to dream about. You don't want to end up like us. Taking things from the dead
3: just ain't right. Look, the way I figure it, all those people being buried with that stuff is really a spit in the face to all those that have been begging for their scraps every day. Seriously, what a ridiculous show of wealth to be buried with all that money. It's not like it's doing them any good now.
0: The dead remember. I'm telling you right now, you will regret it.
3: I'm happy to take my chances. Let me do it.
1: Great. It's settled then. Now let's get these shovels over the fence so we can get started sometime before Easter.
2: The boys hopped over the fence and Frank led the two brothers to the marble headstone of Diane Penrose. The engraving on it mentioned she was a 62-year-old mother of two who danced to the beat of her own drum.
3: Does that mean she was a dancer or just weird? Could be both.
1: So what kind of treasure are we digging up, Frankie? Give us some details.
0: This one came to the mortuary several months ago. Cancer, I think. family was real well off. Giant floral displays, fancy coats. <laughs> we dressed her in a designer suit before they buried her. They filled their casket like they were filling King Solomon's tomb. Rings, necklaces, accessories, you name it. It's down there.
1: So, how does this work? Two of us will dig while the other one keeps a the lookout. Then we trade positions about every 20 minutes or so. We gotta stay on top of it, though,
3: or we'll never get it done. Don't worry about me. I'm a regular old workhorse.
2: George's talents were not over-exaggerated. His shovel cut through the ground like it was made out of paper. But every shovel full of dirt that was pulled out of the hole was immediately replaced with an equal amount of fog. So the deeper the hole the men got, the harder it was to see. Around four feet down, while Frank was taking his turn at watch, George's shovel struck into something unusual.
3: Hey, Wilbur, Uh, I think I hit something weird over here. It doesn't feel like dirt. Could we be there already?
1: No, we're still too close to the surface for it to be the casket.
2: The two bent down, sweeping the fog away, trying to get a closer look at what George had struck. When their vision became more clear, it was evident that the shovel had cut through the stomach of a man and become enlarged in that person's spine.
3: Holy shit! Is that someone's body? What is it doing all the way up here? Why isn't it in a casket?
2: Wilbur pushed away at the dirt, hoping to reveal more details about the mysterious figure. When a very familiar belt buckle caught his eye.
1: This... This is O'Malley.
2: Wilbur and George looked up to find Frank standing over them with tears in his eyes, and a forty-five caliber revolver in his hand.
3: Frank! What are you doing?
1: I recognize the belt buckle, Frank. That came out of the Peterson burial. Yeah. O'Malley couldn't take no for an answer, either. So I brought him out here last June. You you killed him? Are you gonna kill us?
0: I'm just here to make sure you don't get out of the hole.
2: Billy! Someone's got me! Help! Wilbur turned quickly to see multiple dead and rotting bodies clinging to his brother-in-law's coat, dragging him slowly down into the billowy mist below him. George! Wilbur hunted through the fog for his now-missing brother. As he combed through the vapor, he started to hear whispers in his mind. Where is my locket? Where
1: is my ring?
2: He must pay.
3: Yes, he must pay.
2: Wilbur screamed as he felt the bony hands wrap around his waist and begin to pull him down. Ah! He must pay.
1: Frank, help me. You can't leave me like this, Frank!
0: Tried to warn you, Wilbur. The dead don't forget. They've been haunting me. You were right when you said I'm not a better person. I'm just like you. An asshole, doing whatever it takes to crawl through life. Maybe now they'll let me get some sleep.
1: Frank? Frank? He
2: must pay. As Wilbur sank into the ground, his voice was muffled as his mouth filled with soil. Soon McCormick Cemetery was filled with nothing but silence. Silence and the sound of Frank slowly filling back in the hole.
0: Merry Christmas, fellas.
1: A Grave Robber's Christmas by Duck Washington. Featuring the voice talents of Garrick Dietz, Katherine Hansen, Philip D. Henry, Michael Bloom. Directed by Duck Washington and presented by Rogue's Gallery Arts.
0: Dead North and Blight Christmas are Oncoming Productions, created by Sean and Mallory Dillon, with assistance from Hot Chocolate Media. Theme and interstitial music is by Eric Ostrom. We very much want to pay the artists that contribute to Dead North while covering our costs. We'd love your help in doing that. Go to oncomingproductions.com to sign up at Patreon to help sustain this podcast with even just $1 a month.
3: Happy Holidays. Tune in tomorrow and stay safe out there.